0: Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five star rate. and if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we'd greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this.
1: Hello, welcome to the Ghost of Harrenhal. Hall. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 225 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin. Today we'll be discussing the epilogue of A Storm of Swords.
0: The epilogue? Does that mean the end? The end. Oh my goodness. The end is near. The end is near. Well, as always, we're going to chat about this chapter. We're going to try not to spoil any future plot points for you. And hopefully we're going to provide you some entertainment along the way.
1: We'll summarize what happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some useful background, compare it to the television show, indulge in a little pedantry and cover some relevant news and listener correspondence. Be sure to check out the show notes and provide some additional information about the characters and other things of interest in this chapter. How are you, McKelly?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm, do- I'm, I'm glad that you have something written in witty banter. I hope it's not old, because as I was walking past Stacy on my way down here to record... I said, hey, did anything weird or interesting or funny happen to me since last time I recorded? And she went, nope, I knew you were going to ask me that.
1: <laughs> and I was like... Oh, that was good of her to be paying attention, yeah. you know. She said, that's um, yeah, a good no, it's, thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's funnily enough, it's it's new to the notes, but it is actually a week old. I was supposed to tell this last week and I forgot all about it.
0: Oh, okay, good. Well, glad you forgot or else we would just yeah. be sitting here staring at
1: each other. Mm. So... um. I uh, so last Saturday, um I went out for a meal with uh my friends Tim and Ali, and uh I got I went over to their house and we were gonna go out from there, and they were telling me, Tim was telling me specifically, that they'd been to see the local National Hockey League team, the uh-huh. Carolina Hurricanes, play the night before. Um but they'd been forced to leave the game after the first period because their daughter who has very severe nut allergies, had had to use her EpiPen on herself. Oh, goodness. And when you use the EpiPen, you have to go to the emergency room afterwards. Oh, wow. Um, so, I then said to Tim, oh, who won? <laughs> I didn't know the Carolina Hurricane score, and I was interested. And... This question was perceived to be a little insensitive. Yeah, I can see how. <laughs> <To> the... <laughs> I was
0: picking up on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to the plight of their poor daughter, yes. who uh, last we left her was in the emergency
0: room. <laughs> oh goodness! Well, based on based on the light tone of this conversation, I'm guessing she is okay.
1: Yes, the Canes did win. So... Oh, oh, oh okay. yeah, and <laughs> and indeed, Kelsey pulled through. They think it was cross-contamination of a spoon, you know, that was used in nuts and then, because she didn't actually eat anything with nuts in it, but they were fine. But uh, yeah, I could see as soon as I asked it, I was like, I should have perhaps waited for that question until (laughs) we'd really delved into, was she okay?
0: Yeah. Hang on to that for a few more minutes.
1: (laughs) We were going out for dinner. If something really bad had happened, I'm figuring they would have canceled.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, we we had these plans. We don't like to uh, back out. We, we like to we like to follow through on our agreements. So,
1: no matter what, come hello high water.
0: Oh uh, well, uh, glad to hear that she is okay, and yeah, and and that the Canes won. I guess is a, is a good thing for uh, Canes fans as well.
1: <laughs> so. You're lucky to have me tonight. Actually, I I didn't get away from work until um, after six p.m. I was wow. in work at seven thirty this morning, and I didn't get out till after six.
0: Wow, burning the um, oh, burning the past six p.m. oil there. Exactly.
1: I believe me, I'm the only one doing it. <laughs> the whole building was like a ghost ship at that day. Yeah,
0: that's why they I, pay you the big bucks, apparently, or, or something. Well, this chapter. Although it's kind of a one-off from the rest of the story, it has a, a decent amount of things for us to discuss, if you
1: It does. You've noticed. And, and you know what I'm very excited about for this chapter is the comparison with the television show.
0: Oh, because... okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, laughing no, and you haven't even said why, because I think because I know why.
1: <laughs> the, for people, I, I know at least one of our listeners has never read the books. And it's learning the books by listening to the podcast. There's not been any particular deviations from the books, really. I mean, basically. Not major. Right, yeah. yeah. Nothing serious. Well, hold my beer. Right. (laughs) Where do they get a load of this? (laughs) Exactly. To those who've only watched the TV show, change is coming. Right. (laughs) Well, let's get down to business then. How did we leave Merit Frey? Um, you may wonder why I'm asking about Merit Frey. It's because he's the star of this little epilogue. Who? Uh, so we've not officially <laughs> met Merritt before, but he was at the Twins when Catelyn and Lord Walder worked out their agreement to allow Rob's army to cross the Green Fork. We heard news of Merit's do- middle daughter, Walder, marrying Roose Bolton. As we'll hear shortly, he's he was also at the Red Wedding. McKelly, why don't we give the summary of this epilogue?
0: Okay. While Merrick Frey rides toward Oldstones, bemoaning his sobriety and the headaches that abstinence causes, he's staying off the sauce, well, apart from a couple beers for breakfast and a few nips from his wine flagon, because he's on an important mission...
1: It's like my my dry January, honestly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Stacey Stacey was referring to it as damp January.
1: (laughs) 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 Dry January met Friday evening. There was no contest.
0: (laughs) Why does everybody choose January? It's it's like four months long. (laughs) (laughs) Choose February. February, (laughs)
1: Except in a leap year, obviously. Right, yes.
0: Anyway, kidnappers have his half-brother Stevron's grandson, Peter Pimple. The outlaws want a hundred gold dragons, and Merit has been entrusted with the task of bringing the younger Frey home.
1: Merit considers his unlucky life. He's not even a knight, because as a squire, he was hit in the head in a battle with the Kingswood Brotherhood so hard that he was never the same again. He's since been plagued by headaches, and even the mildest blow to a helm reduces him to tears. As the ninth son of Lord Walder, he never expected to amount to much, but now his father refers to him as Muttonhead. Oh boy.
0: His diminished status means that he was entrusted with almost nothing at the Red Wedding. His role was to drink with the great John Umber so that the big man couldn't fight. A task he was well suited for, but unable to succeed in. Despite imbibing enough to down an Aurochs, Umber was still more than able to fight when the time came. Four men were killed, and it took eight to finally chain him. Merritt worries about his future. His own future, not great John yeah, future. Yeah,
1: I future. Mean, yeah, I mean, he probably would if he thought about it, but I'm pretty sure he's not <laughs> thinking about the great John not,
0: anymore. Not at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Lord Walter, for all his meanness, places blood ties over everything. But Merit is not so sure that that will still be the case when his nephew Ryman inherits. But Peter is Ryman's son, so completing this task might change Merit's rotten luck.
1: When Merritt arrives at Oldstone's, he's surrounded by the Brotherhood without banners. Jack B. lucky, liberates the ransom gold. Merritt demands to see Lord Berwick, and the brothers take turns in claiming to be Dundarian, before admitting that he's not actually around. Merritt's taken to see his great nephew. He finds him swinging from a tree.
0: By his neck, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, not not just playing. Yeah, yeah. Not, 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 not yeah. just on a swing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just to be clear. Look at me, uncle. <laughs> Merritt's terrified, but he puts up a front about them never daring to hang a fray, which is quite ironic, being yeah. that he's standing in front of a hanged standing, fray.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Lem says that Peter said the same thing. Jack B. Lucky ties a noose around Merritt's neck and tosses the other end of the rope over a branch. But Tom Seven Strings intervenes and tells Merritt to relax. If he answers a simple question, Tom will tell them to let Merritt go free. Merritt is all too eager to agree to this plan. It seems that the Brotherhood is looking for Sandor Clegane in a small girl, or boy, that he's traveling with. They were told that he was headed for the twins, and they want to know, did he
1: arrive? Unfortunately, it's not a question Merritt knows the answer to. He'd neither seen nor heard about the Hound's presence at the Red Wedding. Tom says it's up he goes then, but Merritt knows the outlaws have a code and won't string him up without a trial. He's innocent and he has children.
0: Tom reminds him that the young wolf won't ever have children. Merritt responds that it was vengeance for the shame Rob Stark brought on House Frey. And besides, he had nothing to do with any of that. It was his father and brother Lothar, his nephew Ryman and Roose Bolton who did the plotting for the Red Wedding. And they have no proof of any wrongdoing on his part, so they must let him go.
1: Unfortunately for Merritt, the Brotherhood have a witness to his involvement in the wedding. They part to reveal a woman. She's frightening to behold. Her skin looks like pudding... Her face mottled grey-green and streaked with gouges from her eyes to her jaw. Large chunks of her hair are missing. What remains is white and brittle. But still Merit recognises her and she him.
0: Merritt sees the hate in her eyes. Lem says she can't speak. The cut to her throat is too deep for that. Lem asks the woman if Merritt was part of the atrocities committed during the wedding. Catelyn Stark's eyes never leave Merritt. She simply nods. And with that, the rope tightens and he begins to choke as he rises. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes.
1: Yeah, so... That's a closer right there.
0: It is. That's how we end the book.
1: Uh-huh. Wow. Well, apart from the 150-page appendix, which we're not <laughs> yes. going to do an episode on.
0: No, no, no. Nope. That, that. Uh, maybe that'll be after we finish all the books. We'll go back and do all the appendixes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. We have so, finished A Storm of Swords.
1: We have, yes. It's amazing. Um, you, you, you say it's similar to the prologue. How is it similar to the prologue?
0: Well, and just that both of the characters. Remember Chet was the prologue character.
1: Oh, it was Chet. I, I was thinking it was um I I was thinking it was Mr. Crescent, but that was that was a whole book ago. It was, yes. It was yes. it was Chet this time. So go on, what's the similarity with the Chet prologue then?
0: Well, just that they were they're both known. We knew that Chet existed, we knew that Mary right. Frey existed, but they were both outside of the main sphere of focus, except for in this one Isolated chapter, and they're both POV only one time because they both yeah. die at the, at the end yes. of the chapter. The merit we actually see die. Chet, we just know that he died. No, he died later.
1: Yeah, and and, and also both of them uh, at the hands of the undead. Or... Yes,
0: exactly. Yes, White killed uh, Chet, and a reanimated Catelyn Stark kills. Merit here, or at least, you know,
1: he she, does. She doesn't yes. do the physical. Kill without with it. without her, they wouldn't have done it. It seems right. Yeah. Although I've noticed the Brotherhood is pretty flexible when it wants to be with its own yeah. rules. Yeah,
0: and they're also they're also both Chet and Merit are both very flawed men. As we get their povs, you know, we yeah we get inside their heads and we hear just we're, how
1: we're all flawed though.
0: We are. Yeah. My yeah. own
1: pov would be disturbing to everyone it's like it's like listening to my outtakes it's like wow he's not the same
0: guy yeah you know that's a good point if if we were pov characters that would be you know people listening in to every thought you have about every situation that that would be frightening quite honestly if
1: i if i knew i was a pov character i would curb my thoughts (laughs) i wouldn't want people to know the truth
0: don't think anything. Don't think. <laughs> like at the end of Ghostbusters, you know, where they're all supposed to think about nothing.
1: <laughs> so, so give me some more background on Merritt because I don't really remember Merritt very well at all. Yeah,
0: well, one thing, the first thing I'll mention is that we know Merritt's son better than we know Merritt Because. Help me out. His son is named Walter. Which really narrows it down,
1: huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know him like the back of my hand, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, his son is actually Little Walter, who oh! was featured heavily in the brand chapters with his cousin, yes,
1: his,
0: his smaller he... cousin, Big Walter.
1: <laughs> right, yes. He, he he heavily featured as well. Um, yeah, yes. Because he's big. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: get it. I get it now. <laughs>
1: Feed yes. you the joke. Yes. Explain the <laughs> joke. Now I'm picking uh, up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. Um, Merritt's complaining about the snow. It it, it actually stopped snowing, but there's snow on the ground. It's unusual uh, for well, basically he calls it autumn, right? So yeah, but it's the end of summer for um, snow to be this far south. Uh, we have worried for several books about the. Uh, storehouses of the riverlands and further north and how they're not going to be ready for a long winter, um, this can't help because this is going to hurt crops that still haven't been harvested yet.
0: Absolutely. Uh, You know, I know when people get, when humans get focused on war, they usually forget all else. But, you know, cooler heads would have to see the disaster that they're headed for here. I think he says... We've lost two of the past three harvests. And, you know, that coupled with just the war and destruction from the war so close to the onset of winter. And we're not talking the usual earth winters where, you know, you suffer for several months and and then you get a spring. We're talking possibly year-long
1: winters, you know.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Multi-year winter possibly. And, you know, I was thinking about it. Those fortunate enough and I put that in quotes, fortunate enough to survive this war in the Riverlands, they very well, you know, as their reward, might still die of starvation in the elements because of this, because of yeah. the destruction of the, their home area.
1: I wonder, I mean, obviously, over the last 300 years the the Seven Kingdoms have been plagued by war many times and they have these abnormally long winters. I wonder if it leads to a lot of migration, and particularly migration south. I wonder if I mean, could you? Because you can imagine the Riverlands. Let's assume peace has arrived now in the Seven Kingdoms. The citizens of the Riverlands might head south. Yes. Towards the Reach, for instance, which to, should yeah. be much more uh, able to feed its citizens. Yeah, absolutely. For the fall, winter. Yeah, winter. Exactly. And, and the winter will be milder there. They might still be able to grow some crops. You know.
0: Yeah, I, that might. I mean, we just saw the influx of refugees during the war into King's Landing. And if winter sets in and you have no food, you really don't have any choice but to yeah. try and make it to somewhere where there might be food and or shelter.
1: So we know Merit's son, and we've heard of Peter Pimple, but as always, I can never never remember who he is. Help <laughs> me out, McKelly. Well,
0: we've only briefly met Peter Pimple. The The most interaction we had with him was he and his older brothers rode out to greet rob and cat as the welcoming party when they arrived at the twins and you, you remember gray wind scared the horses and peter's horse threw him and walter complained about it to rob saying he could have been injured and um, was
1: this was this the red wedding visit to the twins it, or the crossing it, it the, was yeah the red wedding of,
0: uh, i think the reason walter mentioned it was as an excuse to keep Gray wind out of the main castle
1: right, right right, right,
0: so at the last we saw of Peter Pimple, he was passed out drunk at the red wedding, trying to compete in uh drinking with the great John
1: see Merritt didn't pass out he he merit <laughs> claims to be the best drinker amongst the phrase, so he at right. least didn't pass out, but he he was genuinely impressed by the great John's ability to still fight after what he drank, yeah um. So he, his inner monologue is, you know, a, a lot of it is self-pitying, and uh, he's definitely been unlucky in life, you know, and as the ninth son, he's not got a lot to look forward to, especially right. because, because now, because of their rules of succession, it, it, when the eldest son was Stevron, right? Yeah. When he died, it didn't pass down the line. He didn't get any closer because it went to Stevron's son, right? Yes,
0: yes, Ryman, yeah. So... Yeah, I think at one point Merritt thinks I'm closer to being named High Septon than I am right. you know, to inherit the twins. So
1: But but it's yeah. but it is an interesting insight into Lord Walder that he puts such a emphasis on uh family ties that Merritt has always felt, you know, home in the right. twins. Yeah. But that he worries that that, won't, that lesson has not been learned by Stevron and now Ryman. And then when Ryman takes over some of these hangers-on might be told to go and find their own way in life. And that's bad news for Merit.
0: Yeah, you know, he he can't fight anymore because of his uh, unfortunate head and injury that, uh, that causes chronic migraines.
1: And there's only so much call for drinking umbers <laughs> on the table. <laughs> there
0: is. It's a very <laughs> niche skill. <laughs> well, you know, he he can't... So he can't travel around the realm... And enter, be a tourney knight. Okay, I get that. But maybe he could travel around the realm, uh, betting people that he could outdrink them.
1: Well, you know that's true. So that there,
0: there, that might be a, a useful traveling skill.
1: I'm not sure how. I'm not sure you can make a living off it. But yeah, it's yeah. it's an interesting idea,
0: especially when you're a husband with uh, four children.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. untangle the spaghetti of House Frey a little bit for us. All right, well. You know, just
0: we get some cool, juicy, interesting gossip here about House Frey and their interworkings and relationships and scandals. And I got to say, none of it was really surprising. I'd been more surprised if I discovered that it was all very Stark-like. And I mean, how Stark-like in order and structure, because we know the lord of House Frey and he's rotten. And just like all organizations, it, it trickles down from the top, whatever is being, uh, you know, delivered at the top there.
1: So, so go on. Help me. I, I, having read this, I, I've forgotten what makes you think the phrase are more rotten than we already thought they were. From <laughs>
0: One of the uh, more salacious things we learn is that Black walter who is the older brother of Peter Pimple, who is who Merritt was trying to rescue here, yeah. And Blackwalder has an older brother named Edwin, and they are all sons of Ryman, who is the heir now to Lord Walder. Right. Okay. Well, it turns out that Blackwalder is just sleeping with his brother's wives left and right, and even sleeping with one of their own, uh, another fray, with uh, Fairwalda, who Blackwalder and Fairwalda share a grandfather, Stevron so, so
1: cousins yeah.
0: yes they're they're not it's not even like one was you know this branch of the uh Frey family <laughs> and then you know another is like the seventh phrase
1: do they also share a grandmother do you happen to know
0: it's complicated i think maybe they don't
1: yeah that's that's that i realized i was throwing a hard question at you there but half cousins is slightly less awful than first full first cousins Right.
0: Yes. Yeah. That that's true. You only but,
1: have quarter of your DNA in common, not uh,
0: a full half. He's still, yeah, still not great. So, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, you know, Peter is the youngest. Ryman's youngest. Edwin is Ryman's oldest. Blackwater is the middle son. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Blackwater, uh, according to Merritt, is sleeping with Peter's wife. And Peter's wife is Melinda Karen, and the unique thing about Peter and Melinda's marriage is that she was three times his age when they got married. He was 10, she was 30. So now she's 40, he's 20. Apparently Blackwater is... I like the fact
1: it's gone from a third to a half.
0: Right, yeah. They keep Eventually he'll catch her up at this rate. uh, Unfortunately, he won't.
1: Uh, Good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was trying to figure but, out what you meant, and I was like... Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. right, right. Pretty hard stop on his getting older.
0: Yeah. Uh, next, though, we have Edwin's wife. Blackwater is also sleep, So he's sleeping with his younger brother's wife and his older brother's wife. Now, her name is Janice Hunter. I'm not going to go into much detail on her because um, there's really not a, a whole lot to say. Uh, I mentioned that he is rumored to be sleeping with Fairwalda, his cousin. And it's also rumored that he is sleeping with the... or not currently because she is no longer with us, that he had known the Seventh Lady Frey better than he ought to have known her. That mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. Inara Ferens, And um, the, the closest relationship I can give you that you might remember is she is Elmar Frey's mother. Elmar was the one that was supposed to marry Arya. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. was at Hall with her. So, yeah, that's uh, some of the... Salacious details. We get there.
1: Yeah, and 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 you you made the point to me that Ryman's line is a little bit thin. He has Edwin, who has no sons. Black Walder has plenty of children, but no, none in wedlock. um And now Peter's dead. I mean, the thing about the phrase, though, you don't really have to worry too much about the succession because there's always another one.
0: Yes, I guess it depends on if you want your direct descendants. Yeah. To continue to be in line i'm sure the other phrase would be all be more than happy for ryman's children to not have any more children (laughs) you know die without
1: issue yes yes yes. yeah Uh, how old do we think edwin is i don't know because peter's only 20 right yes so edwin Edwin could still be young enough to have children. It's he not could. That he's, certainly. He's not in his 60s or anything like that. I do not
0: believe. No, I do not yeah. believe that he is. Uh, but Merritt's wife. Okay. Oh, and one other thing that uh, just was, I, I found noteworthy that Merritt mentions is that it is a known thing in the twins that only full blood siblings can be trusted. And that is just barely. And I thought, <laughs> huh, that's, so they do it by who your mother was, basically, you know.
1: Right, 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 right. Oh, so they're not saying, not saying you can't trust any bastards. They're saying you can't trust a half sibling who isn't a bastard either. Right, yes. Oh, interesting.
0: Anyone who is not from your same mother and father <laughs> is not to be fully trusted. I thought that was uh, something yeah. worth noting.
1: Yeah, so, so Merit's wife is Maria Darry, and it's pretty... not a bad marriage for the ninth son of Walder, uh, especially given Merit's problems. You right. know the Darrys were a well-respected family in the Targaryen days. Uh, maybe... Well... So yeah, but I was going to say maybe their fortunes took a downturn when they backed the Targaryens. But I think by timing, he must have married Maria Dari before. Yes, uh,
0: yeah, he did. I believe he said, and then shortly after, or thought to himself, and then shortly after, they fell out of favor That's because right. of the ta- Targaryens that, yeah. being ousted. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not. It's quite quite a good marriage, really. It's, you know, given his prospects were so poor. Right, um,
0: yeah, and you know, they so they have a daughter, Fat Walda. She is the one that Roose Bolton married, and uh, Lord Walter was annoyed with Merit because Roose choosing that particular female Frey cost the Freys more in dowry than if he had chosen someone who w- was slimmer. And when you remember, I, I think, I think you might remember that. Uh Bruce, I think he specifically told Jamie and Brienne that that Lord Walter said you can uh you know I'll, you can have your bride's weight in gold as your dowry for whoever you choose. So he chose the, the heaviest option that he had. And he's uh, mad at Merit for that, but it's not Merritt's fault, it was Walter that made that deal. He could have said, of these four ladies. You yeah, Similarly, or he could have looked ladies. around
1: the room before saying it.
0: <laughs> yes. Get her out of here. <laughs> right. I'm about to make a deal. I don't want her in anyone's sight right now.
1: <laughs> so Perhaps, to be fair to Walder, perhaps he underestimated Roose Bolton's greed. Yeah,
0: Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he thought she he'd be more into looks than into I I have gold. some
1: pretty ones. I have some ones that are high up in the echelons of the phrase. And then I have my ninth son's heavy daughter. Yes. <laughs> Why would he choose her? Well, yeah. But, you know, part of the reason
0: awesome. uh, Merritt he describes himself as a pretty thick, stocky guy, too. And obviously, you know, Walter seems to fit that as well. And he mentions that he's almost... As thick and stocky as his older brother Hastin, who is considered to be the strongest of all the, yeah. the, the phrase, and you know I was thinking I think I know why that is so I went and looked it up and yes it's because their mother was the Craycall and Craycalls are known for their robustness, and okay. uh, so you know they they've got a a thick stock there.
1: Right, and Craycall comes into Merritt's story not just through his mother, but also because, as a child, he was squired there, along with one Jamie Lannister. Right, so they yeah. were—he knew Jamie, and actually, they were on similar paths until this knock on the head he took, which is—I uh, mean, yeah. concussions are bad. Concussions can oh, change yeah. your life a little bit.
0: You know, absolutely. Con- concussions are ruined sports careers of you know yeah, yeah. sports huge sports stars. It's not yeah. something to mess with. But but you know, it's just um it's just more of that bad luck that that he talks yeah. about. Could have been Jamie that got hit in the head with that sword, right. but you know, instead and if it was that
1: had happened and Merritt would be sleeping with Cersei right now. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit of a stretch I realize
0: nah, maybe a little, but you know,
1: we'll go with it. So Merritt also provides us with some behind-the-scenes planning for the Red Wedding. The primary plotters being Lame Lothar, who we've met before, uh-huh. uh, Roose Bolton, Ryman Lannister, the new uh, heir, and Lord Walder himself. So uh, this is not a this is not a low-grade plan. This was the uh, the upper echelons were the ones discussing this.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, Ryman and Lord Walder you could see because Lord Walder is is the Lord of the twins yes. and ryman is his heir yes um, lame lothar was a bit of a surprise though uh you know he he uh, was so courteous and kind and hospitable to cat when she was at the twins but then secretly plotting her house's destruction which you know that is uh, uh, Merritt mentions that he is wary of lame lothar and you can certainly get an idea of why
1: right because clearly he can he can smile while stabbing you yes
0: yeah and it and you know that that line up there that foursome it also shows just how traitorous ruse truly was he he wasn't just going along with the fray plan to de- betray rob he was heavily involved right, in the plotting right. of it all so yeah uh yeah i thought i thought that was uh was something to it, it was I thought it was useful to know who the primary people involved were. And he mentions that Lame Lothar choreographed the wedding down to what songs would be played when, where to hide the crossbowmen. Uh, he's the one that rigged the tents to collapse on the the uh, non fray army, yeah. And uh, he created the assignments for the phrase, yeah. So
1: and so Merritt's assignment, as we said, was to get the Great John drunk. Um, the the most interesting part of that story is the fact that uh, the Great John was taken alive. Yeah. Uh, we we because our POV characters died at the Red Wedding. We didn't get a lot of background into who survived, but we do know that now that the Great John survived. Are they hoping to ransom him?
0: Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Maybe they put him in chains because they got tired of trying to kill him. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they <yeah. do. laughs> He bit off someone's ear after they, <laughs> after they put him in chains. <laughs> They're like, just do leave see, him. <laughs>
1: Did you ever see the movie Me, Myself, and Irene? Yes, with very Curry? funny movie. Do you remember yeah. when he finds the the cow knocked down in the road and he shoots it. And then he shoots it again and he shoots it like eight more times and he still can't kill this thing. Oh gosh. You remember that? A cow's <laughs> been hit by a vehicle and it's not dead and it's sort of dying. Yeah. And he he shoots right. it, but that doesn't do anything because it's a cow. And so <laughs> the day wears off. Oh jeez.
0: Yeah. So Yeah. You know, uh, I mean if I if I thought about like the actual a reason why, maybe it's because, you know, Roose Bolton has been uh, designated as Warden of the North, and he needs some houses to rally behind him. And so it's better to subdue the Lord of Last Hearth than to kill him. Uh, <sighs> I, I know, we're splitting hairs here, but <laughs> <laughs> trying it's to, come hard up to with imagine. some reason.
1: It's yeah. hard to imagine the great John Umber saying, Okay, my liege lord, Roose Bolton, I bend the knee.
0: Yeah, and you know why? Especially because the small John was killed. Right. At the Red Wedding. So, yeah, that doesn't hold a lot of water. Yeah. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook, or two if you're an Amazon Prime member, go to our exclusive URL, audibletrial.com slash You can find the link in our show notes.
1: Um Merritt also provides us with the sort of justification for why the phrase committed the red wedding, which was that Rob shamed their house, and he clearly feels that quite strongly that the whole realm was laughing at them, and it would cleanse the stain on their honour yeah it he definitely feels it, and that kind of surprised me because it felt like it felt to me all along that Walder used the slight as an excuse to turn the tables,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So, so maybe Merritt just drank the Kool-Aid of Walder's message. Right. Yeah. Or maybe I'm wrong and the phrase really do care about their honor.
0: I think they they got their talking points from the top. I, yeah. I whether Merritt fully believes it or not, we'll never know, but I I think that, you know, Lord Walder said these are the reasons why we're going to do this and they mm-hmm. agreed to it. But if you think about it, so they're going to cleanse the stain on their honor by committing the most atrocious act of betrayal of one of the most sacred rules in the realm. I'm not sure that's <laughs> going to do the trick.
1: <laughs> you know? Good point. Yes. yeah.
0: But, uh, do you know, so one thing I, I I've thought while we were, I was reading this chapter is that we're in the same spot that Rob and Cat were when they discussed their his heir. We're here in Old Stones. Yeah. When it dawned on me is when Merritt saw uh, Tom sitting on uh, Christopher's grave and said, get off that, get off that, you're sitting on a king. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah, I remember when Cat and Rob were standing in this exact same spot here.
1: Perhaps Cat is there looking for the piece of paper that legitimizes... uh, (laughs) John. (laughs) John. (laughs) Probably to burn it. Yes,
0: yes, I'm sure. (laughs) But one thing I don't really get is if you're dealing with a band of outlaws, and and I know he disparages Beric Dondarrion's brotherhood without banners compared to the Kingswood Brotherhood that he fought in his youth, and, you know, that's how he ended up with his injury. But still, why send one man to do this with, with a hundred gold dragons
1: there's one fairly obvious explanation, which is that they were told to send only one man or yeah. kill Peter Pimple. That makes a certain amount of sense. They also, honestly, the phrase maybe think that they're so invulnerable that nobody would dare yes. to do right. anything to a fray. you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's You know, it's just a simple band of broken men could have taken this gold off Merit between Old
1: Stones and the Twins. That's true. I would have had someone with Merit until the last few miles, at least, you know. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, like, okay, you stay at this campfire. If I'm not back in an hour, something's gone wrong, you know. Yeah. Instead, they they ship him all the way off by himself.
1: Yeah. So the brotherhood are looking for the hound, and I, and Arya as well. They they're clearly asking about both of them. Um, they said that Thoros uh, believed they were headed for the twins. So not unreasonable to ask Merit if he saw them at the Red Wedding. He did not. Not no, Frey did. No, Frey basically saw them, right? Because yeah, the Hound they, got them out of there as quick as he right. could.
0: When he realized what was happening and they fought off the, the people that they did, they got out of there. But yeah, you know, several of these men were with Arya when she suddenly disappeared. Shortly after the Hound demanded gold back from them and then followed them so they you know they probably have a pretty uh, good idea that's right
1: they don't know they were together that's right they're, they're they're assuming it but they didn't know for a fact that they were together
0: right it just the the, the math works out that the hound had been trailing them right. and suddenly aria disappeared so
1: which know. makes you think they're definitely looking for aria not the hound
0: yes i i would i would surely think that they're doing this, they're looking for the hound because of cat, because cat wants to find Arya. Right. Otherwise, the hound doesn't likely seem like he would hold much value to the Brotherhood yeah, without yeah, banners yeah, yeah. on his own. But he, they also might have an idea that Arya is with them because one of them mentions that they they talked to the ferryman that ferried the hound and probably mentioned a little boy or a little girl that was traveling That's with true. them. And That's true. And they. They managed to come across the the guy that he uh, mugged, basically, and uh, yeah. took his uh, all, all of his stuff to try and pass himself off, you know, yeah, as yeah. someone other so, than the so, Hound.
1: So they didn't know they were together, but they've pieced it they've pieced it together now. They know that the the, the Hound was traveling with her.
0: Yeah, uh, unless uh, Thoris saw it in the flames. You know, maybe he saw Arya and the Hound traveling toward the twins or something. Yeah.
1: When, I wondered if when Arya wolf-dreamed Nymeria seeing Kat dead, if she led the Brotherhood to the body.
0: Remember, like, yeah.
1: Nymeria dragged the body out of the river and she ran off when men approached. And we had a feeling the men that were approaching were the Brotherhood, right?
0: We did have because that feeling, yes.
1: she said that they wore various uh, colors. They were not right. from one. So is it possible she did it on purpose? I mean, again... I'm not sure what, how strong the connection is between Arya and Nymeria, but Arya asked Thoros if he could bring Ned back to life, and he said, yeah. know, you can't, you can't do it after a long period of time. But Nymeria perhaps led the Brotherhood to Kat's body, and now she's been brought back to life. I, I suppose, and that doesn't say, does it, I'm not sure it said it in this chapter, that it was done by Thoros.
0: Yeah, you're right. It, it is not... Said that it was done by Thoris, but right. we do know that Thoris is a man who can bring dead people right. back to life. So there is certainly a a, a correlation that you could uh, could make there.
1: Yeah. So um, my question about her and I—I I mean, I'm sort of jumping around on the story a little bit, but is she still in there? I mean, right? We, they say she can't talk now. That's an interesting difference between Thoris bringing Beric back because beric has been very badly injured in some of his deaths yes but he is back to it i mean he can fight still but he's had like wounds all the way through his shoulder which feels like it would stop him from fighting if Thoros is bringing him back didn't also heal him to an extent now cat was dead for longer but they can't it's not curing her throat so we know, we're we not going to know from her if she's herself. She looks horrible and terrible, but it could just be physical. She might be herself within there. Might we get more POVs of her, and then we'll know? Maybe. Yeah. But maybe her POVs will just be like
0: brains! Brains!
1: <laughs>
0: Frey brains only.
1: <laughs> yeah, Frey or, brains! Or, or
0: Lannister brains, I guess. Uh, yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned it, that yeah, Thoris healed a little more fully, which would lead you to believe that. I mean, it'd be a, a small reason to think maybe it wasn't Thoris, but if it wasn't Thoris, something else very unusual. Yeah, no,
1: I, I definitely think it's a timing thing. Or, or maybe it's just the depth of the cut that no matter what you do, you couldn't bring back uh-huh. her voice,
0: you know? Right. Yes. But the, the timing um, thing makes sense. She was dead for days and then thrown into a, a river. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know,. I'll just say from a storyline perspective, I guess in some ways you possibly see why Rob was so mutilated and decapitated because if he was brought back to life too, then his reign as king continues. And that co- complicates some of the storylines that Martin is, is trying to weave together here in the vacuum of Rob's,
1: uh, I'd say coming back to life complicates some storylines too. Honestly. It does. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, my guess is she's damaged my guess is that she's not herself because why else would she hang out with the brotherhood i mean i'm not sure what she would do if she was herself but why hang out with the brotherhood just to get revenge on the phrase yeah she'll she'd like that revenge on the phrase but she'd really like to see her kids again
0: yeah i i mean she thinks all of her kids although except for arya now maybe that is why maybe she feels like The Brotherhood know that Arya, they knew Arya. She is looking for Arya. They might help her recover Arya.
1: Very true. Very true. So my last question about this whole thing is, did Thoros bring her back because of his interaction with Arya? He doesn't bring people back willy-nilly. He brings Beric Dondarrion back. Right. Because Arya asked him, and it touched him at the time, if he could bring back her father. Yeah, I remember. Did he think to do this for that reason? I will that say that the Brotherhood are taking sides more than they have done in the past. Here,
0: they are. Yeah, I mean, they told Arya and Gendry and Hot Pie when when they were explaining what they are. They were Robert Baratheon's men. You know, they were. Right. They weren't in the war for the war. They were yeah. in it for the people of the Riverlands. So either this group has splintered off and is going on this single-minded mission of trying to find the hound and aria or the brotherhood is changing their mission statement i guess but yeah, uh, yeah to answer your question about aria and thoros you're right he he it's not like he went around bringing back every brother mm-hmm. uh, every member of the brotherhood back to life when they died so uh, there does feel like there's something unique and special going on mm-hmm. here and it you know with the information we have now it very well could be that he couldn't bring ned back to life for arya but he could bring her mother back and yeah. so did yeah. so you know peter and merritt both get hanged here in this chapter and it kind of reminds me of of davis saying that the phrase are cursed for breaking guest right when he heard about the red wedding so what do you think are we are we being set up to start seeing a stream of bad fortune befalling the house because my, my of this guest right my guess
1: is yes my guess yeah. is that davos is the voice of uh george martin and he's predicting the future with some accuracy so yes clearly this is two bad outcomes for house Frey in quick succession right. yeah let's keep an eye on see if more come along
0: yeah, I will say that it is not necessarily George Martin's style for bad people to get bad endings and vice versa. But
1: no, it's 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 George Martin's style for pretty much everyone to get bad endings. Honestly, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but you know, this whole we cat coming have... back to life is a bizarrely uh, gentle version of George Martin. But
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but but she is one thing. Is is if he wants to do that, he's got the perfect tool now in in cat herself. Yes, if she keeps pointing to the guilty phrase, which let's be honest, it's a fr- any fray, will do. Right, they were yes. all implicit complicit yeah. in some ways,
0: and that's pretty clear that that's her mindset. At the end, very end of this chapter, when he when Merritt says, "I haven't done anything wrong. All I was tasked with was getting the great John Umber drunk. It was my brothers and Bruce Bolton and my father that were responsible," and they ask. Catelyn, you know, were you, uh, was he involved? And she nods and says, yes. So, you know, maybe she doesn't know whether or not he was involved, but he's a fray. And so that, therefore, he's guilty. He's as guilty as the Hound was of the crimes that the Brotherhood laid at his feet that were actually his brother Gregor's doing.
1: Right. And it is funny that Merit thinks while seeing a hung fray that you would never hang a fray. Yes. uh... Yeah.
0: You know... I, I hope to never be in that situation. You might stumble across one, but you wouldn't do it yourself. <laughs> you wouldn't right? do it yourself. Uh, I hope to never be in, in that situation, but I imagine I would say stupid things if I were.
1: Uh, very good point, McKelly yeah. Ray. Yes. Yeah. yes that's it, very he,
0: true. I think he thinks at one point the last of his courage was running down his leg. So again, mm-hmm. just like the prologue. When oh, Chet, Chet, he wet himself. A, he did. He had a similar accident.
1: Bookended. Yes, that's right. The book is bookended with <laughs> by, Pant's Wedding. <laughs> pant Wedding, yes. All right, do you have some background for us?
0: Yeah, I do. I, I wanted to discuss just how bad Merritt's luck might have been. And how he and Lord Walder just missed out on possibly a great opportunity. So Merritt talks poorly of his wife, Maria Derry. How she's a shrew and despises him and all that it, it is... Very sad and unfortunate that, you know, they that he felt that his wife thought those things of him. Uh, and with his negative outlook on life, who knows how true that actually is? He might just be seeing everything half empty. But anyway, if but if things had broken just slightly differently, Merritt's wife could have been the key to a whole different life for Merritt. And I'll tell you how. So when our story, and I mean the Song of Ice and Fire, when I say our story uh, started, it it seemed as though Raymond Derry was the Lord of Derry. It was never explicitly said, but that's kind of the, the feeling you get, is that Raymond Derry was Lord of Derry. Uh, Ned sent Raymond with Beric Dondarrion to kill the mountain. Unfortunately, Raymond was killed in the battle at Mummer's Ford, fighting against the mountain's men. Uh, Then his young son Lyman became Lord of Derry. Lyman was then killed by the mountain when his men retook Castle Derry. Lyman's death left a dearth of male heirs in the Derry line. The next oldest Derry is Raymond's sister, Maria Frey, Merritt's wife. Unfortunately for Merritt, between Lyman's death and Lord Walter entering into negotiations, for an alliance with Tywin Lannister Lancel Lannister was made Lord of Derry after the Battle of the Blackwater. Had things fallen just slightly different on the timeline, Walter could surely have made the case that part of the agreement for their role in the Red Wedding is that Merit be made Lord of Derry through Merritt's wife's claim to the title. Pretty much the same thing that Tywin planned to do with Tyrion and
1: Sansa in Winterfell. Huh. Is is Lancel still alive? He is. <laughs> he is. He is. Because he still was alive. very very sick last time we saw him, right? Right. Last yes. time we heard about yes, it, yes, he was. Well, maybe bit of luck. It could still happen. Merit. Oh uh, well, not for merit. Not for merit. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not for you, not for Peter or merit. I got it. No. I got to yeah. remember they're they're definitely dead. And Thoris is not bringing them back, right?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, that right. would be quite the uh, change of heart, right there.
1: <laughs> so, comparison with the television show. I can say it for the first time. Entirely dropped. They just did yeah. away with this whole thread of the story. It doesn't yeah. mean it won't be important in the books, and because the divergence between the books and the show grows all the time. But this entire plot line was not carried forward into the TV show.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. They had Look, to pair be careful. a lot of Don't be careful because lines.
1: yeah, exactly. You this might be the most important storyline in the books for all we know, right? Yeah, we have could no be no
0: idea. But, you know, the Game of Thrones had to go on yeah. without knowing how any of this yeah, stuff yeah. is going to and wrap up. And had to
1: tie some things up as well, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Penelty Corner, we mentioned it, but more time did pass. But Thoros, when he brought Beric back, he brought him back whole. The wounds that he'd received in dying were never an impediment to him in his next life. But that's not the case for Cat. Uh, Maybe it's yep. just a matter of timing, but it's a, it's a difference.
0: It could be timing and being, you know, floating in a river for days. You know, all, all those things yeah, may yeah, yeah, may yeah. have made it too difficult.
1: Yeah. Uh, news and notes. Um, uh, the artist behind the 2025 A Song of Ice and Fire calendar was recently recently announced. Eddie Mendoza will create the 13 images that make up the calendar, along with a bonus fold-out poster. Pre-orders haven't begun yet, but George Martin posted a picture of the cover on his blog. It's an amazing image of Starfall, seat of House Dane in Dawn. So if the rest of the images will be of that caliber, the calendar is going to be a huge success.
0: That it is. It's very cool, very cool image. Makes me want to get on that pre-order list. Mm -hmm. And then I remember how cheap I am, and I probably won't since I really don't have a use for a calendar. Way ahead of you. (laughs) Uh, In other news, George Martin and his wife Paris were at the Rosewood Mayacoba Resort in the Yucatan recently the couple were presented with quite the treasure from the resort's baker-slash-chocolatier. Left in their suite was a rather large replica of the Iron Throne made entirely of chocolate. Mm. Not only was the throne made of chocolate, but it was accompanied by a chocolate dragon and chocolate skulls. So uh, it was pretty cool. But he showed a picture of it on the blog. It was pretty neat. I'll uh, repost the... The image of the uh, calendar and the the chocolate throne on our uh, social Sounds medias, good.
1: and we're not taking a break next week like we usually do between the books because we've just had a bit of a break, so we're uh, we're fresh and ready to get rolling on a feast for crows
0: that's right it's it's news that we're not taking a break yes exactly so, <laughs> yes yes so be sure to tune in next week i guess is the uh, moral honestly it's
1: news to me when we when i opened the uh the script for today i was like oh, <laughs> we're, not. <laughs> oh we're not oh we're not right. glad we talked that through <laughs> all right so conclusion uh thoris works his magic again and the brother brotherhood appear to have definitely taken a side and they're out hunting the phrase maybe they see that as a continuing mission of fighting for Robert Baratheon. But it feels a little bit like you're taking a side in the current wars, not the past ones.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, it it's, it's hard to think of another reason that there would be a reanimated Catelyn Stark aside from Thoris working his magic again. You know, we haven't been yeah. specifically told that, but uh, we haven't been told that it was anything else yet. So, yeah, certainly. And feels she's like with it. the
1: Brotherhood. If she wasn't with the Brotherhood...
0: Yes. Then you might mm, think that's... it was the Others.
1: Right, exactly. You know, Who
0: knows? Rogue Other here. got past the wall <laughs> and reanimated Catelyn Stark. And we saw those men riding toward her body when we were looking through Nymeria's eyes. So right. it all fits, but... Um, oh, yeah. Maybe it's just
1: the healing waters of the Riverlands. It,
0: it could be. could be that, yeah. Uh, I will say it's um, You know, it's kind of... Uh, I don't know if I want to say I feel for Merritt. In some ways, I do, because he was one of the least guilty Freys. And there were a few Freys who were specifically not at the Red Wedding. And I think that's because they couldn't have been trusted to go along with this plan. So maybe there was a, hey, raise your hand if you can't be trusted to go along with this plan. And Merritt didn't raise his hand. So... (laughs)
1: He was you... too drunk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was certainly more guilty phrase that uh, were more deserving of this. I guess. Well,
1: we just know now that the list is going to be long for who? Yes, cats uh, yeah. after. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, is cat's story got more to it? Uh, is she going to get reunited with her kids? I mean, she she doesn't know. She doesn't know what's happened to Sansa. She now believes that Arya is alive, if she can understand what the Brotherhood are saying.
0: Yeah, she answered their question when they asked, was he alive That's right,
1: she does understand, exactly, she understands. So, uh, unless she's just so hell-bent on revenge, all she hears is, is that a fray? Yes. Right, yes, yes, she nods, um, yeah. So, but that's exciting for her, because she died not knowing Arya was alive.
0: That is true. She might have gotten actually good news
1: post-mortem. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so pretty much any news you receive after death is gotta be. Eh, well, that's well, not true. There's eh. there's worse things that could happen. Yes.
0: Yeah. The fact that you can receive news after death, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, the good silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And can I just say that Merritt fell into the common trap because he spends a lot of this book. We're in his head. I mean, it is like. There is like maybe 15 lines of actual dialogue at the end of this chapter. The whole rest of it is just Merritt thinking as he rides up to meet the Brotherhood. And he is just so negative about his life and how unlucky he is and how miserable everything around him is and how he's got no prospects for life. And so I just felt like he fell into the common trap of thinking life was so awful until he was faced with losing it. Kind of like uh, George Bailey in "It's a Wonderful Life," you know it. It, uh, it you never saw "It's a Wonderful Life"?
1: No. Uh, George, Jimmy Stewart. I'm sure you know? it was. Yeah.
0: Every, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. No. I
1: mean, American cultural references. <laughs> Some I know. <laughs> you know Maybe who I Jimmy don't. Stewart is, right? He's an actor.
0: He is. Yes. From the he old and days. I, he and I grew up in the same hometown. We graduated right. from the
1: same high school. How about oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> a guy I couldn't pick out of a lineup went to the same high school high school as you? <laughs>
0: yeah. Only about uh, like maybe 70 years, maybe more mm-hmm. before me, but still same high school. But anyway, my point is, is when it was time for him to lose his life, then he was like, no, I want to live.
1: Yes. Know? Yes. Most of us, most of us remember the good times when faced with that.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: All right, so let's quickly summarize the Storm of Swords, because nothing's happened much. Um, <laughs> so we lost Kat and Rob, although we haven't necessarily lost Kat completely. We lost Joffrey right. Baratheon. We lost Tywin Lannister. We lost Shay. We lost Hosta Tully, Balen Greyjoy, Dontas Hollard, Lysa Arryn very recently, Oberyn Martell, Dalla, Manses. wife of uh, Mance yes. Raider, and uh, they'll all be missed, apart from some of them.
0: <laughs> some of them will be missed more than <laughs> others. <laughs> and let's face it, the Clegane brothers aren't exactly looking good either.
1: Oh, yeah. Both of them are left howling to die. Yeah.
0: At least one of both. them is
1: receiving some attention.
0: Yes, right. The mountain was dying from the poisoned spear of Ober and Martel, and Tywin commanded that Grand Maester Pycelle fix him, but... But Grand Maester Pycelle at that point was saying, "There's nothing I can do here. Right. I don't know what the poison yeah. was. I don't know how to fix him." And the Hound was left for dead by Arya from wounds that he suffered in that fight at the in at the crossroads. Yeah. So Arya uh, herself yeah.
1: is en route to, to Essos, uh, although a lookalike is en route to the Dreadfort to marry Ramsay to bolster the Bolton's grip on the north.
0: Yeah, and uh, Bran. He left Winterfell, and he's gone north of the Wall with the Reeds, Hodor in cold hands, and Summer, and possibly riding on the back of a giant elk. So That'll know.
1: be a relief to Hodor. Right,
0: that's true. Hodor could uh, probably use
1: a break. Uh, Jon is now Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, potentially passing up the chance to become Jon Stark, Lord of Winterfell.
0: Uh, yeah, meanwhile, Tyrion has fled King's Landing, having killed his father and his love, Shay, And he was supposed to be heading to Essos, but he took this detour to commit this double murder. And now we don't know whether he will make it to uh, his ship or not.
1: Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny was last seen sitting atop the Great Pyramid in Marine, having dismissed Ser Jorah for spying on her for Robert Baratheon.
0: But she's got Sir Barristan now, so you know. That's true. I mean true. if you're if you're talking Royal Kingsguard, that's kind of an upgrade quite honestly.
1: Yeah, true.
0: You know. But uh, <laughs> and Jorah, we don't know. We don't know where Jorah's gonna go from here.
1: That's that's very true, right?
0: Yeah, he's left. he was kicked out. We don't know. But Theon uh we didn't see Theon once in this whole book. So, oh, yeah. so you know he's presumably dead. But, but if he's not, he's also kind of the heir to the Seastone chair, sort of. Yes. The Iron yes. Islands don't exactly work that way, but no. he's got a claim anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I put in the in the notes that he's heir apparent, and it occurred to me I didn't know what heir apparent meant. And it is. I, I looked it up. It's an heir who can't be dislodged by the birth of a new child. Oh, well So for example, if Stevron didn't have any children well okay if stevron became lord of winterfell then his next youngest his next eldest brother would be the heir but he wouldn't be heir apparent because if stevron gave birth had a child that child would get become the heir.
0: right so it's so heir
1: who can't be dislodged by a birth
0: okay so many years ago when lord walter had his first child stevron and then a second child Stevron was heir apparent because no one could pass could him in line. Him. Exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. So Ryman is now, uh, or Ryman Frey is now Lord Walder's heir apparent. Right. Exactly. Okay. That does not seem to fit Theon necessarily because...
1: No, because Islands, it's... Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Because the Iron Islands right. have their own rules.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sansa is in the area with Littlefinger and untrammeled power. Uh, his, not hers, unfortunately.
0: Yes, quite unfortunately. And is there another start to mention? Um, Yeah, Rickon.
1: Rickon. Rickon. Uh, Oh,
0: that Rickon. Yes, yes. yes. (laughs) We don't know where Rickon is. He left with Osha headed toward White Harbor or somewhere south of Winterfell, the last we heard. It it could have been him that brought Cat back for all we know. True. (laughs) Who knows what he's up to?
1: (laughs) Uh, Jamie is Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, minus a hand, and missing an eldest son as well. Yeah. uh, And uh, speaking of Jamie,
0: Brienne has left King's Landing armed with Oathkeeper, which was given to her by Jamie, uh, to find and save the Stark girls, and that might prove to be a challenging task. At least one of them seems to be headed across. The Narrow Sea, and the other is possibly in the hardest place to access in all of Westeros, sitting atop the Giant's Lance in the Eyrie. Mm-hmm. So, good luck to her and her task. Yeah.
1: And Davos Seaworth, we don't have a clue really where Davos is. Last we saw of him, he was on Dragonstone, but his boss, Stannis and Melisandre at the Wall, uh, f- announcing loudly that they want to let the uh, the wildlings through because they want to fight the true enemy.
0: Yeah. And I think that about covers everyone. That's the, the that's the the ones I can eh, remember. We we plus may Rick have missed a person or two. <laughs> yeah, plus Rick. We even got Rick in there. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite book of the existing books. Oh, is it? Yeah, it, you know it's the it's the middle book, and so much happens in this book, and uh, yeah, it's my it's my favorite of the uh, of the five. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. It is a terrific book. I mean, with the with the red wedding and the purple wedding and the yes, uh, the Tywin Tywin's come up and yeah, and Jaime's hand and cat
0: being reanimated here in this chapter. <laughs> <Yeah>. Rob, <laughs> you know, John being offered a Lord Commander. I mean, being offered yeah. Lord of Winterfell, and then in a surprise turn of events, becoming Lord Commander. It really just, so many things turn in this book.
1: Yeah. And we want to thank you all for coming with us through the journey. Um, join us next week for the Feast of Crows. Because there wasn't enough death in this one.
0: <laughs> yes. No. No. Maybe it's just corn. The Feast for Crows is just a bunch of <laughs> corn. <laughs> oh, and I just wanted to mention that we we won't be doing the boiled leather style of reading A Feast for Crows along with a Dance with Dragons together. I know a lot of you have asked us if we were going to do that, and we're not. It just doesn't fit with what we're trying to do with our show. It's a chapter-by-chapter journey through A Song of Ice and Fire. So we're going to stick to that chapter-by-chapter pattern. But uh, just today on the Discord uh, server, Jenny proposed that whoever wants to read in that boiled leather style which is there there's is a there is a method of reading feast for crows chapters and dance with dance with dragon chapters interspersed in a way that uh works really well and so uh jenny has said hey whoever's interested let's read it that way and we'll read you know they'll read their chapters on their own and i said hey i'll create a discord channel for you guys to discuss in and so I, i've done that so if, if you're interested in reading that way and you want to uh you know you want to interact with other people reading it that way check out our boiled leather style um uh, discussion i think it's called channel in our uh, discord Exciting. community cool yeah
1: cool all right next up we have the prologue of a feast for crows um i'm not going to tell you anything more about it uh, but yeah come back next starting week a new that.
0: book yeah, starting a new yeah. book should be enough to yeah. bring you it's, all back next it's week. It's got all
1: its pages and the spine isn't broken over like <laughs> a thousand times. It's very exciting. Yeah. There's four ways that you can help us. You could leave us a positive review. Um, you can buy merchandise at threadless.com. You can buy us a cup of Arbor Gold at buymeacoffee.com slash ghostharrenhall. You can join us at any of the various sustainer levels. There's a tier to match your budget and interest. You can make a donation directly to us at our website, ghostofharrenhall.bustsprout.com.
0: And if you're looking for more ways to interact with us and keeping up on the latest Ghost of Hall news and developments, well, you can always check us out on our social medias. You can follow us on Twitter, at Ghost Harrenhal. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord, where you can talk about boiled leather style reading Feast for Crows and Dance with Dragons. And we're also on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.